the Lord said, Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. So let not your heart be troubled. Believe in me, him, and believe in the Father. In his Father's house there are many mansions, and he's going to prepare. And when he's prepared that, he will come back and receive us unto himself, so that where he is, we be with him also. That is called the blessed hope. We look beyond the grave. If this outward man is perishing daily, our inward man is being renewed on a daily basis. And one day we will be with the Lord. As we were praising and worshiping the Lord, I was thinking, the Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious. If you worship the living God all your days, when you live to go to be with him, it is glorious. You don't need drama behind you, you know. I say we see people who are idolaters, people who are blasphemers all their life, and we know them. And when they die, they bring them in the church, and they do pompous things, the best choirs, very well dressed, and they sing and they sing as if it was another form, a refined form of blasphemy. For someone who has lived all his life, who is going to hell and is being escorted, you know, with pompous music and things. But precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. We worship the Lord God and we love him now. And we will do so eternally in his presence. And we shall see him. May the Lord bless you for worshiping the living gods, not idols. We worship God. We love him. Because he's turned us from idolatry unto his marvelous light that we may proclaim his praises. He's redeemed us. Out of every tribe, every people, every nation, every tongue, made us kings and priests for him. We shall reign with him. That is the living hope. Well, I don't need people to... I don't need... Fanfare? Fanfare in French? What's fanfare in English? Fanfare? Fanfare? Yeah, you know, with symbol and singing, you know. Don't need that. I do it myself twice a life. You know, when you close, the day you close, you... people don't like, people get nervous and offended when you... You talk about death, so let's talk about myself. When I close my eyes in death, instantly I will be in the presence of Christ. So will you be. Instantly in the presence of How do I know that? Stephen in the Bible. Instantly. It doesn't matter what is happening. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it happens. Paul doesn't seem to see a difference between him living and dying. And he said the only reason he's happy to continue to live is because of the ministry. To edify the church, there is a purpose, a focus for living here. When the Lord decides that is over, it's over. Whenever it comes, however it comes. So let us be comforted in the Lord. We have been reconciled with God by Jesus Christ. Whether we live, whether we die. Christ. The reason why people are so terrified of dying is lack of peace. It's troubled souls and spirit. It shouldn't so, be so for us now. Yes, the body will fail us. Yes, we will struggle. But the spirit within 
is at peace because we'll meet our creator. Be strengthened because Christ has made it for us, possible for us. Let us not behave like uh, people who are without Christ. No. The Sorrows of the Sheol is the title today. I'm sure you've spotted already it's just another clever way of saying the gate of the Hades. Yeah? Because Sheol is in the Old Testament in Hebrew and uh, Hades is in Greek. Almost the same reality. The Sorrows of the Sheol. Le séjour de mort in French. Séjour de mort. There, are, there is a lot of confusion when it comes to what the Sheol is, what the Hades is, what hell is. You know, Sometimes, you know, things are translated from Germans. You know, there's a lot of confusion. They don't mean the same thing. Hell is the ultimate abode of the lost. Hades is the interim it's not the final. It's the place for the soul. Hell, another name for hell, is Gehenna. It's lake of fire. That's what it is. It's not Hades. How do I know that? Well, because in Revelation chapter 20, after the final judgment, Death and the Hades are all thrown in the lake of fire. That is hell. The sorrows of the Sheol. We recently shared a mini-series of the teaching about Confronting the enemies, you will remember. The enemies of our souls. We reminded ourselves that the devil was the first enemy of our souls and that death was the last enemy. And we conclude that the Lord will destroy both enemies and anything or anyone in between that opposes the Lord's will. In fact, the Lord will have the final victory over his enemies. In the meantime, we need to realize that we are engaged in a daily battle and the New Testament is full of teachings as to how we should conduct in that battle. For instance, the Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And again, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly Places. Ephesians 6, verse 12. So we are at war. We are engaged in a battle. And the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but they are might in God. In God. We are at war. We need to realize that. Well, I told you the other day that Sometimes we, I find a bit of overstatement in the way believers react when they hear something funny, a blasphemy in the news. I don't understand what is spectacular with that. I, I don't understand. BBC have said this again. BBC, what do we expect? 
that will come and say, believe in Christ. Christ is the Lord. What do we expect? You see, we have so much expectation from the world. That's why it's so painful for us. But the Bible predicts, prophesies more than that. More than that. In the last day, an increase in iniquity. Decrease in love. In the meantime, you hear about love everywhere you look. Love, love, love. There's no love. We become more sophisticated in murder. We become more sophisticated in new sins. What do we expect? We're just harming ourselves. We're just destroying ourselves. Oh, you hear that? Oh, the, the amount of message I received and questions I received about question, uh, Christians asking questions and what's up and this and that. Wow. There is a song called El Shaddai. In that song it says, what does it say? Okay, correct me. It says something like, though the book or the word contain the plan, they just not could understand. Though your word contain the plan, they just could not understand. But we have to understand. The plan is here from start to finish. Even from before the foundation of the world. The Lord has revealed even things that happen in heaven. And after, and after all these things have been destroyed. We know the plans. Why are we so surprised? We have it in great detail, including what we will become. And what the hidden will become. Why are we so surprised? The plan is here. Very quick reminder of some of the enemies we spoke about. The devil. How do we deal with him? We need to live soberly. And we say that being sober is not just not being moderate, but it's also being undrunk. Completely undrunk, spiritual drunkenness, to be sober, to be spiritually alert permanently. That's the only way. And be vigilant. Because our adversary, the devil, is going around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he's going to devour. We need to resist him. Steadfast in faith and knowing what? Knowing that your brotherhood across the world is being inflicted the same sufferings. That's what the Bible says. Your brotherhood in the world are going through the same suffering as you. Because of what? Because if they've done that to the green tree, what would happen to the dry woods? Because you believe in Christ, in the world, you shall have tribulation. And then he said, but be of a good cheer, I have overcome the world. So there's nothing special with that. All we need, our responsibility, is to make sure that we remain hiding in Christ. So we need to, be, to live soberly, to be vigilant, and to resist the, the, the devil with a steadfast faith. But all that is based on Christ's victory. And we hide in that. Then you have death itself. The Bible said the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. How do we confront death? How do we overcome death? There's only one way. is to have our names written in the Lamb's books of life. That's the only way. That's the only escape. To confront death. Mainly second death. Even if we can die now physically, 
But the second death has no power on us because we are in Christ. Then you have the philosophies and cunningly devised fables. How do we confront that? We need to take up and obey the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. That's the only way. And to bring every thought captive to Jesus Christ. Then you have the principalities, demonic, demons, wicked spirits, etc. We need to take up the full armor of God and fight in Christ. Because his armor are mighty in God. Prayer, supplication, intercession, etc. The word of God. Defensive and offensive armors. Then you have the things that war against our souls. We are commanded to do what? How do we confront that? We are commanded to abstain against the things that war against our souls. Abstain is the weapon, weapon in this case. Abstain. Abstain from pornography, abstain from adultery, abstain from fornication, abstain, abstain, abstain. Abstain from dishonesty, abstain, abstain, abstain. Because those things will destroy us. So many cases of uh, divorce and uh, infidelity, unfaithfulness, Break up in marriages, including Christians. We don't know what is what. Confusion is all over the place now. And uh, we become getting used to Christian splitting. And uh, it's no longer a problem. Yet, God say it can't be any clearer. God hates divorce. There's no way to interpret that. No other way. God hates divorce. As simple as that. But today... Selfishness, pride, everyone doing his own things. Even pastors divorcing, remarrying, doesn't matter. Polygamy even. Abstain, abstain, and abstain. You see, these things, they, 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 they seem very simple. And we may well say, we know about that. Let's talk about more important things. Well, I don't have more important things to say. This is all I have to say. If we live in these things, we will be overcomers in Christ. They are simple, but they are mighty in God. Then you have friendship with the world system. Friendship with the world system. The Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. If you are a friend of this worldly Babylonian system, you are enemy of God. Because the two do not work together. Nor does the world love Jesus. How can you be friend of Jesus and lovers of the world that hate Jesus? How is that possible? It doesn't work. Okay, that's enough. Now the sorrows of the shield. Our main passage is in Second Samuel. Second Samuel chapter twenty two. And we read from verse one to verse seven. That's 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 to 7. Praise for God's deliverance. Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hands of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, and he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, 
verse 3. The God of my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold and my refuge. My savior, you save me from violence. Verse 4. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Verse 5. When the waves of death surround me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. Verse 7. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry entered his ears. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemy. David spoke to the Lord the word of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all. That's what the Bible says. You see, there is no such idea of uh, easiness. No. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. That's the biblical truth. Anything else? Fabrication. Fantasy. So we as believers have to be prepared. The Bible is preparing us. It's not strange if those things happen, not because we are, we've stolen someone else's properties, not because of busybodying, not because of gossip, but because of righteousness in Christ. Those who desire to live godly will be persecuted. There is a correlation. Do not expect something else. Be prepared. Many are the afflictions of the right the afflictions of the righteous. Wow, he has a lot of stocks. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. David said the word of this song after the Lord had delivered him from all the enemies. And out of the end, the hand of Saul. We are commanded to resist the devil, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. For Jesus' name's sake. Your brotherhood are going through the same. They are tormented in their souls as you are because you share the same glorious destiny. Northern Nigeria, everywhere, even here, everywhere now. But God will have the final say. No one could shut the church. There will always be a remnant. Even under the worldwide power of Babylon the Great, they couldn't shut the church. They couldn't finish everybody. 
impossible. There was always a remnant. Because Christ says, the gate of the Hades will not prevail against the church. There will always be God's people. And God, in his church, through you and me, will continue to build up his church and edify. It is through you that God is touching other people. Through your life, through his work in you, that the church is standing. David spoke the word of his song. We all enjoy that song to this day. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Now, since we are commanded to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, I have a few questions for us. What is the song of your life? What is the song of your life? David sang on the day of deliverance. What is the song of your life? How are we known in this world? How are you known? People who know you in your family, Friend, how are you known? What do they say about you? What is the song of your life unto the Lord? Daily. How are you known? How will you be remembered when you leave this world? How will you be remembered? How would you like to be remembered? There is a very, very good program about um, all-time boxing champions. It's Muhammad Ali Foreman, Harry Holmes, yes. Uh, what's the other one? Um, Ken Norton and Joe Frazier. Yeah, I know them. They were interviewed... And each one of them was asked, how would you like to be remembered? Obviously, Muhammad Ali said, as the greatest of all the time. George Foreman said, I don't want to be remembered as the greatest, but I want to be remembered as someone who fought, fought boxing amongst the greatest. Ken Norton said, I want to be remembered as a champion who loved and feared God. That's how we want to be remembered. I don't even know if he's still alive. But if he's departed, we're remembering him for saying that. How would you like to be remembered? And how will people remember you the day you close your eyes? How? What would people keep in their memory? You see, uh, the other day when we sang uh, Who is on the Lord's Side? After the service, had quite a lot of feedback. And some people said, oh, I haven't sung that for a long time. And uh, Barry is hidden there behind the pillar. He said to me, we used to sing that here. I can still remember the people in this, some of them have departed already. Oh, Lord. And he remembered them through that beautiful song. We used to sing, and I still remember, I could still picture and see the brethren who have departed when we sang that song. How would you like to be remembered? Because one day you will be remembered. The place you're sitting now, other people were sitting there before you. They prayed in this place. They've gone. It's not if, it's when. How would you like to be remembered? Don't be scared. It's a reality. It is appointed unto man to die. It is an appointment. 
An appointment with death, you can't mess up. There's no lateness. Can't be late by a minute. No. You remember that story, anecdotes? That young man was running from place to place. He came to tell his pastor, I had a dream that I was dying tomorrow. Death is after me. I'm running, going to Manchester. And he went there. And death came just after him to the pastor. And the pastor said, I'm interceding. Why are you after my member? Why? He's not here. And death said, I have an appointment with him in Manchester tomorrow. No escape. A very distant uncle went on holiday in Greece with his wife and then went for some running in the park. In the next hour, it was the police knocking at the door. The wife said, what? He said, well, your husband fell in the park. He's gone. It is appointed unto man to die once. He's gone, finished. My very, very, very dear friends, one of the greatest singers, gospel singers in Congo, the family know, we ate together, came at home, loved the kids, went to sing at a funeral service and wrote a song about death and was encouraging the bereaved family saying, death is not the end. We will meet again if you trust in Christ. And people were encouraged by that song and went back to sit down there and then, fall down, gone. His wife was at home and they called her, your husband at the mortuary. What was the hospital in Hampstead? The wife saw the husband going. And the wife said, I want to go with you. And he said to the wife, where I'm going is too far. It's too far. And the wife understood that he was saying the place is too far. She did not understand. She understood. Two hours later, I'm going very far. Gone. After preaching and singing for the Lord. He is appointed unto man to die once. It's not about if, it's about when. Let us maintain ourselves in the reconciliation with God. The Lord said, do not be afraid. Peace I give you. My peace I give unto you. He overcome the world, he overcome death itself. And in him, we have the hope of resurrection. The parousia, the blessed appearing of Christ, and we look forward to that day. How will you be remembered is the question. How would you like to be remembered while you're still alive? Who or what are you living for today? What would people say after you? May it be God lover. She loved Christ. He loved Christ. She, he lived for Christ. That's enough. That's enough. That is enough to be known as Christ lovers. In him there is no sin. He said, who can convict me of sin? I know the devil is coming, but he has nothing in me. Only Christ can say that. A high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. What a friend we have in Jesus. He repeatedly said to us, do not be afraid. He knows why he's saying that. He knows that it's uh, natural to be afraid of things. But he keeps on reminding us, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be. And he touched death itself, the biggest enemy of humankind. The Lord despised that enemies and say, I have overcome the world. Those who believe in me, though they die, will live. Blessed assurance in Christ. Who 
And what are we living for? What is the focus of our lives? What's the focus? What's the most important thing in our lives? If we are parents, what do our children see in us? What, what do they see as the most important thing? Properties? Acquisitions? Project? Or the love for God? A wise man leave what? A good heritage to his children. David said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. And my deliverer, the God of my strength. Oh, I say the God. I noticed that. I always say God, the God. I'm becoming British now. God. That's good English. God, not God. It takes too much effort to say that. The God of my strength, in whom... I will trust my shield. Look at the words. Let me start again. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, a fortress, and my deliverer, the God of my strength, in whom I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, and my refuge, my savior. God was all for David. May we say with David that. May we sing that with David. May God be everything for us. May God be all for us. The song which David said, in the day when God delivered him. You can't find better. That is a summary of everything David wrote by the Holy Spirit. Everything, including messianic psalms. In this passage, you find all the messianic psalms, including Psalm 18. All of them are here. He said, the wave of death passed on me. You find that in messianic psalms. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit down until I make of all your enemies. Your what? Footstool. Marche-pied in French. Yes. Can you see? The Lord delivered him out of all the enemies. So you can summarize all the Psalms in this passage here. Of someone who knew God. David. In Psalm 22, verse 8, David said, But I am, someone helped me how to pronounce this when we're coming in the car, but I will spell it for you if I, pronounce, I don't pronounce properly. But I am a worm, W-O-R-M, worm. Okay, good. That's David. But I am a worm and no man. That's David speaking about himself. I am a worm and not a man. A reproach of men and despised by the people. In Job 25 verse 6, a son of man is a worm. In Isaiah chapter 41 verse 14, the Lord helps worms. David understood that. We are called to be prudent like serpents. 
But we are not called to be serpents. We are called to be worms. Do you know the main difference? They look the same. If you touch a worm, it just moves. And it's harmless. It's innocent. It's harmless. We are called to be worms, not serpents. Backbite. <laughs> serpents. Cunning. Hostility. Animosity. Serpents. We are called to humble unto under the mighty hand of the Lord, that he might exalt us in due course. David said, I am a worm. Worm. Not a serpent. A man after God's own heart. Very talented, skilled, wise, intelligent, unique fighter. I am a reproach of man. I am a worm, not a man, David said. Humility. Humility. A man after God's own heart. And he sang that deliverance song to the Lord. Out of his heart. This man knew God. We are called to grow in the knowledge of God. Not to go around, around, tossed to and fro like children. We are called to grow from this point to this and to grow. In the saving knowledge of Christ. In, in intimacy with God. In fellowship with God. These people knew God. David was not just a religious person. Do you remember that David? David was, David was uh, hungry. Hungry. He went in the temple and ate the bread. Can you do that? Can you see the level of knowledge of God? When I read that. See, this man knew God. But still, there was still mountain. Remember what happened with uh, Uzzah? Uzzah? David was surprised as well. God doesn't want complacency. Yes, he knew the Lord God, but on that day, he did not understand what happened. Because someone wanted to help the ark for not falling God's strength. David got angry with God. He thought they were helping, you know, the word of God, you know, to try to help a little bit, to make people comfortable, you know, with the word of God and try to... No. The word of God is self-sufficient. We all go, work, abide by it. We do not adapt the word of God to our wish and will. All of us play by the same rules. On that day, someone wanted to help the ark. Anger of the Lord was aroused. David was surprised. Why not? We're just helping. Oh, I'm not even taking the ark itself. Obed, Obed, go to Obed. I think it was Obed. Something. Keep it there because he was so terrified. And when that man kept the ark, what happened? He was blessed. David learned another lesson. The word of God is a blessing. Bring back, bring back. And he was dancing, he was dancing, and his wife despised him. Do you know what he said? Oh, you're despising me. Okay. I will be even more undignified. That's the word that he used. You're despising me from praising God. I will be even more undignified. A man after God. But I am a worm, not a serpent. John Wesley said, a worm in this context speaks of being neglected and despised in this world. That's exactly what David is saying. Despised among men. I'm not a man. I'm not a prominent in this world, though I am a great king. But the world won't acclaim me for that. 
in this world. My reward is in heaven, in God. Let us not seek to accept us in this world. People to clap for us in this world. Now, if we are despised and neglected, it doesn't matter. We are sojourners, pilgrims, and passengers. Our home is there. Jesus Christ stood up to welcome Stephen in heaven. Stephen means crown. Stephen, crown. Etienne in French. Crown. Christ stood up to welcome him. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, one day you will receive a royal welcome. One day. Look forward to that. And live for that. And live for that day. Samuel chapter 2, chapter 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 4. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Now David reveals to us the secret of, the stre- of his strength and victory. We have it right there. Calling upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. No one else. And then what's the implication and the consequence of that? So shall I be saved from my enemies. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. God first. God first. God fight for us. David said to Goliath, Where are you coming to me with all your... Avec la lance et le javelot, etc.? But I'm coming to you in the name of God. He knew the secret of praising God. Praise the Lord. When we praise God here, when we are thankful, when we are grateful, and, and, and someone is sitting like that, he's looking at them. They seem to be too excited. You know, do small, slowly. Allez, do small. Come on. Don't be too excited. Let us choose to be even more undignified for God, if that's what it means. Because God is worthy to be praised. So we have the secret. Is this our experience? Or do we lean on our own understanding and our important network of important people? You see, in this world, there are people who are so powerful. Do you know why they are powerful? Because of the network of powerful friends. So they can pick up a phone and resolve any problem, any, including putting you into prison. They are so powerful. Because of the wealth empire. Because of the networking around them. Such was not David's strength. David's strength was in God. God was his fortress. God was his deliverer. May that be our reality. May that be our heart and our experience. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. Blessed is the man who put his trust in God. None of those who put their trust in God will ever be put to shame. No. The Lord had found David, son of Jesse, a man after God's own heart. What would the Lord say about mine and your heart today. Are we willing to let him work on us and to transform us into the kind of vessels he wants us to become and for his own purpose? Are we willing to let God transform us? Or are we just content with where we are? Well, I've learned this in the past, then that's enough. God is eternal. He had whole eternity to teach us. And he wants to train us. He wants to transform us. 
He wants to use us in different dimensions. He wants to perfect his work in us. He wants all of us to become vessels of honor. Useful vessels of honor. That's what God wants to do. He's the divine porter and we are the clay. He can do with us whatever he wants to do. Are we prepared to let him do that work? Or are we just content with what we learned 20 years ago? 15 years ago? Or are we just content with our way of doing things? I've been doing this. This is my way of living. Now, God wants us to move with him. To grow with him. To learn from one another. To benefit from other people's ministries. Because the ministries are, are there to build up the church. To equip the saints. To perfect the saints. Until we get to the unity of faith. To the knowledge of Christ. Are we being built up by one another's ministry? No despising. We are one body, members of one another. I can't do everything, nor can you, but I can benefit from you. I benefit from the people who teach the young people. Praise the Lord for all the input in our, in our children. Praise the Lord for all the conversation with godly people here. They are inputting, they are sowing godliness in our children. Praise God for that. I can't do that. Well, I still have my guitar at home. It's new and dusty. So when the Christians are playing here, it's not easy. I know, first hand. We can't do everything. Let us be humble. Understand and discern other people, gift and ministry and benefit from it. It takes humility to understand that. We are members of one another. We are one body. Let us be worms. Second Samuel 22, verse 5 to 6. The waves of death surround me. So those are calamities, natural disasters, pandemics, etc., wars and rumors of war, threats, etc. David experienced all these things. The threat of death is always there, one way or the other. We live with that all the time. Sickness, calamities, accident, etc., Natural and demonic, everywhere. The Bible speaks of pain from, un from the underworld. Those are the sorrows of Sheol. Pains from the underworld. That's underworld, yeah? And then you have wicked spirits in the heavenly places. Oh, everywhere. Rulers in this world, darkness, underworld, pain, up, wicked spirit. Oh. Am I annoying you? Am I against you? Am I making you sad? Bear with me, I'm going to finish soon. But I have to tell you these things. What is my purpose this morning? To stir up our spirit in the Lord. To cause us to love God more. To obey and trust him for the rest of the life we have. We don't know how long. To put our focus on the Lord. And to follow him. That's what I'm doing here. I'm not annoying you. Bear with me. I wouldn't be saying these things and sweating like this. It's because God cares for us. We need to edify one another. And I am edified by you. I am edified by your prayers this morning. I was so edified. Praise God for that. Everyone bringing living stones to build the edification. The dwelling place of God in spirit. Thank you God for saving you and me. The waves of death surround me. 
the flood of ungodliness made me afraid. That's David. The flood of ungodliness. Can you see that around you? Can you see the increase in ungodliness and unrighteousness? What does the Bible say? They bend the, uh, the, the bow so that they may shoot at the heart of the righteous. Secretly. Everything is destined to hurt God and those who believe in him. Like lots, we are tormented every day by what we hear and what is going on. God is despised and blasphemed. They shoot the arrow in our heart to hurt us every day. Every day. The flood of ungodliness makes me afraid. God, what is next? I told you the other day that there are people and dynasties and generations who live to hurt God. To seek to suppress the truth of God in unrighteousness. Encourage people in ungodliness, unrighteousness, and sin. That is a way of suppressing the truth of God. And we are suffering for that. Time is gone. I didn't mean to do this um, in two parts. But God willing... We will do that in another part next time. Time is gone. We bless the name of the Lord. We cling on to him. He is our deliverance. He is our strength and our fortress. One day, we will see him as he really is. Be encouraged in his might. I know. Because I'm a human being. The trauma, the panic of what is going on, we don't know what's happened tomorrow, but we are secured in Christ, regardless of what happened, because we've been reconciled with God in Jesus Christ. You've chosen the right path, the good portion, Jesus Christ. Let's bow our head and pray. Heavenly Father, We want to bless you, Lord, with hesitation and imperfect words and limited knowledge. We have shared what you wanted us to share. Your perfect words communicated in utter imperfection of mine. We pray that, Lord, your strength will continue to be perfected in everyone's weakness. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. We commit each one of us, Lord, to your divine care. Be with us. Raise us up, Lord. If anyone is burdened here this afternoon, we cry out to you. We pray that, Lord, you will bring an answer. You will bring a solution and a resolution, Lord. A breakthrough. By the power which by you are able to subdue all things unto yourself. May you open doors. May you raise up your children. May you strengthen. May you encourage. May you sustain us, Lord, we pray. We commit each family represented here unto your holy hands. Bless each family, O oh Lord. Bless each one of us. We commit unto your holy hand the brethren at the Bible camp. May you keep them safe. May you help them, Lord. May you refresh them. May you visit them in a special way. May you help them, Lord. And may you bless them, Lord, as they come back. We now commit the coming week unto your holy hand and our departure from this place. You have promised to preserve us as we come in and as we go out. Bless us, Lord, we pray in your mercy. And strengthen us from the rest of our pilgrimage on this earth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you.